Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet that respects Mexican heritage and food. I would never call it a taco. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dork. She's the executive producer of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. She's Miss 305. Ashley Pickle. I just feel like that's disrespectful to everyone from Miami because I've never even been. Like maybe if I went and I like had the time of my life, <laughs> that's a Pitbull reference. <laughs> um, you know, I hope to one day you be know Miss what? 305. That's all my... You know what? People look at like, oh, what's your dream job? Me, be Miss 305. You know what? Come at me, Miami. <laughs> it's fine. There's Miss 305 over here. <laughs> a 25-year-old 20, from Llano, Texas. <laughs> Today's Tuesday, October 11th. This is like calling it a taco. <laughs> this is the equivalent to Miami. Today's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. The Cubans will revolt. 44 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to both Eleanor Roosevelt and Cardi B. Those are the same people. I, I, I have never seen them in the same look room at this, together. Look at these two pictures. Tell me the difference. They're I can't. The same they're picture. the same picture. Uh, so 1,475. On today's show, folks, big show. We're going to count down the top five college football moments from the college football weekend, an eventful college football weekend. We'll get into that. Then we're going to be joined by the Hall of Famer himself, Craig White, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us to talk uh, high school football every Tuesday at 1220 here on Texas Football Today. And then back half the show, we're going to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. So don't miss that. Before we get to that, do we have first fourth through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Coach Terry Crawford, Tony Blaylock, and just Chad. Welcome in, fellas. Howdy, friends. Howdy, 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 friends. All right, Pickle, let's get into it. Let's talk about the five biggest moments from the week six college football weekend. And obviously... What this was really tough for me because there were like there are games. I was surprised by some of your picks. I can see it, but this was a lot. This was toss up. So, for example, uh, allow me to issue some apologies. Did you see how the SFA Abilene Christian game ended? I did. Okay, so if you didn't see this, Abilene Christian was kicking a game-winning field goal, 
it got uh, it's thirty eight thirty eight. It got blocked, and SFA picks it up, and they're 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 running it back. They get tackled, but I think there's either an unsportsmanlike conduct or a face mask penalty. As a result, they get one untimed down mm-hmm. and kick the game winning field goal. Yep, like. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah. That <laughs> Which is crazy because that came after the Battle of the Piney Woods the week before. SFA's been on one the Correct. past couple weeks. S- SMU didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. Their loss to um, UCF on Wednesday, which is a weird kind of scheduling thing. Yeah. They didn't make the list. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State didn't make the list, even though Tech, I thought, played really well, and there's a lot of promise behind Baron Morton. There were, there were some big games that did not make this top five mm-hmm. list, so this was tough. But we will start. With number five. Second down and ten. Hatcher pumps, steps up, throws a dart to the end zone for the touchdown. Ashton Hawkins. Lane Hatcher's big night sparks Texas State's upset of App State. So that sound you heard on Saturday night was our own Ishmael Johnson. Losing his mind. <laughs> um, you want to talk about out of nowhere. Texas State has looked, quite frankly, pretty bad throughout the course of the season. They entered this game as 19-point underdogs. Mm-hmm. And I will be darned if they didn't come out and play easily the best game of the Jake Spavital era. Mm-hmm. The offense was excellent in this game, especially in the second first half. Lane Hatcher played his best game as Texas State as a Bobcat. Ashton Hawkins, who caught that touchdown pass there, was exceptional in this game. The offensive line held up, which has been a big bugaboo for them. And the defense really shut down App State. They forced a pair of turnovers, and you know they, they really held them in check, especially on the ground. Which, think about, go back to App State's win over... Um, A&M. Texas A&M, right? Go back to that win, 1740. That was the one that we that everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. App State averaged, they ran the ball 52 times for 181 yards. Only three and a half yards a carry, but they were effective doing it. Texas State held them to two yards a carry. Like, they were not particularly effective against uh, running the ball against A&M, but they just did it so often and they were, they had a knack for the moment. Texas State's defense was even better against App State. And this was out of nowhere. Qu- quite quite simply out of nowhere. And honestly, they won 36-24. Mm-hmm. It was not that close. No, and this was after... I think the craziest thing about this was this was after getting just whooped up on by James Madison, which yes. James Madison is a fantastic team. There's, there's nothing yes. to take away from that. But I mean... That and did you see the? They had twenty five thousand people at that yeah. game. I, after getting their butts whooped the week before, what that uh, is is all about. President Damphouse, he loves him. Twenty five six thirteen. I mean, eighty five percent full. That's, that's really good for Texas State, considering considering. That's good for anyone in the group Absolutely. of five. Absolutely. So, how about that? Texas State plays their <laughs> best game of the week, and I don't want to say this is enough to j- save Jake Spavitol's job. But the if they time will tell. Win a couple more. If they play like this, if they make a bowl, he's probably coming back. Mm-hmm. Gotta think that. Anyway, number four. Yale goes to the corner. Two looking the other way. End zone. Touchdown. Keyshawn Carter. The Cougars have never led 
tonight, an extra point away from doing exactly that and stealing a game on the road. Houston saves their season with a late rally against Memphis. And I don't think that's an overstatement. No, absolutely not. Because everything was turning to dog doo-doo for the Cougs. Okay, they're down 19, uh, fourth quarter? Was it fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe Maybe, My, maybe third. late third. Yeah. Maybe late third. They were down and down bad in this game. And it looked like we were, we were thinking, I mean, and I want you to think about what happens if they lose this game. At that point, they would be two and four. Mm-hmm. They'd be 0 and two in conference. They would have just lost back-to-back game, conference games against Tulane and Memphis. And they're going into an open date. Yeah, they scored 26 points in the fourth quarter. 26. I, like, I want you to think about what this week is going to be like in Houston, in the third ward, if they lose this game. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be about Holgerson. Everything is going to be I mean, the locker room could split. It really starts coming apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. I do not think it's an overstatement to say that they save their season. No, and I would agree with that because not only has the play on the field look broken, the reactions on the sideline, the press conferences, like the stuff behind the scenes has looked even more broken. And I mean, heck, we can be honest. We were sitting there kind of keeping up with that game because it was another Friday night game. We're at Bally kind of keeping up with it, and we see the score at at halftime, and we go, my God, they're just broken. Like there's no coming back. And then all of a sudden we're sitting on the desk late at night. And And I I turn to you and I go, Houston came back and won that game. And I said, what? And it was like, yeah. And then I was getting texts, go Cougs. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Wild. Absolutely wild. And so, especially on the road too. That's a big win on the road. A big thing is that they they found another receiver in Sam Brown. Mm-hmm. Sam Brown, Sean Carter stepped up. Like they had guys step up. That it had, doesn't have to just be Nathaniel Dell. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be Tank Dell. And so they have found something. Now, is this sustainable? I will say this. I think their schedule lightens up from here. That now they get an open date before they go. And I want to say say they play uh, UCF. Who you know, or no? They play Navy. They're win that game. They play South Florida. And they play SMU's kind of reeling, and then it's Temple, East Carolina, and Tulsa. It's all out there in front of them now. This was a massive game. I'm not here to tell you they're going to win the American. I think that's kind of out the window, in my opinion. But what I am here to tell you, because but like, Is like suddenly that- now, suddenly it kind of comes back into focus of things we were talking about about mm-hmm. oh, like that they don't game play, at SMU will be huge. They don't play Cincinnati this year, Mm-mm. right? Um, this is a massive win and potentially a job-saving win for Dana Holgerson. Yeah. Anyway. Number three. Remaining. Viewers, look at this. J.T. Sanders. Every which way, it is Burton Orange, it is Texas Longhorns, and it is a heck of a first half out of Quinn Ewers. What a throw on the seam. It's pretty well covered. It's pretty well defended. Quinn Ewers shows off in Texas's Red River Romp. Uh, perhaps you heard, uh, but Longhorns won Red River 49-0. Um, and this was... Look, it was... There's essentially no notes I have for Texas. No. Great job, guys. Do that <laughs> You did <more>. excellent. <laughs> Everything worked. 
everything worked. Bijan Robinson was great. The offensive line, I thought, played pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, they had a number of receivers besides uh, Xavier Worthy step up, most notably JT Sanders, who caught two touchdown passes, including that one that you just saw. The defense playing in the first quarter, which the we defense, haven't seen in forever. The defense took a wounded Oklahoma team, and they squeezed the life out of them before they could ever get any sort of idea of, of, of getting something going. But the real headline here is Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. He was as advertised in this game. Like when you hear five-star quarterback and you hear like the, the kind of like, uh, like an NFL arm, like a Sunday player, that's what you saw mm-hmm. against in Red River. Now, I'm not here to tell you Oklahoma's defense is anything but but. It's but. Mm-hmm. But he made some throws in this game that make you go, ooh, ooh, wow, okay. Well, and I th- I feel like that says a lot coming from us and or anyone that watched him at Carroll because I feel like after this amount of times that I have seen Quinn Ewers throw the ball, that eventually the numbing effect of, oh, my God, that was a good throw mm-hmm. would wear off. And it, it mm-hmm. doesn't. Every time he goes out there and slings mm-hmm. the ball from the first game when he got hurt to this one, it it doesn't get old watching him because he's such a master at his craft. That throw to Sanders down the seam, that rail shot. Unbelievable. That is a Sunday throw. Like, Mm -hmm. in between, to have that kind of touch on it, he had a couple more where it's just a flick of the wrist, man. It it doesn't ever look like he's trying to heave it or anything, and it's just bombed straight in the pocket. It explodes out of his hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Texas has a quarterback. I don't think that's up for debate anymore. Nope. And what a win for them over Oklahoma. But that's only good enough for number three on this list. It's good we wait, guys. Number two. One monumental upset. For the Aggies. King to throw for it. To the corner. Incomplete. Alabama survives at home. Questionable play call costs A&M a shot at a Bama upset. So, let's start with the positives here, because there's been a lot of ragging on A&M recently, and I want to start with the positives here. I think there's a lot of good to take from this game. I think the defense showed out. I thought that they had a number of freshmen step up. Evan Stewart is that dude. Mm -hmm. He's him. Um, They had a couple of play, a couple of guys, especially on the defensive side, step up and make whoa plays. Their defense kept them in it. There's a lot of positives for Anna to take from this game. They're gonna. This is gonna sting. This is gonna sting. But there's a lot of positives, and I want to start with that. Now, let's also call a spade a spade here. Yes. A uh, Alabama's on their backup quarterback, mm-hmm. freshman Jalen Miller. Shout out Katie Tompkins. And every one of A and M's points came off of a turnover, I believe. Mm-hmm. There were two forced fumbles, or, or, or I want to say Jalen Miller fumbled twice. I want to say that they had another interception. Like they, they, uh, they won the turnover margin four to one. Okay, a lot of things went right for A and M in this game. Okay, now to to pull an upset, you gotta you gotta have things go right. They don't need to apologize for that. They forced a number of those issues. Defense played very well. They were plus three in the turnover margin, and Alabama's kicker got a case of the yips. Mm-hmm. And hooked two field goals that otherwise would have made this kind of a non-issue type game. 
there were a couple of moments in this game where I think you can squarely point to Jimbo Fisher and say, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. There were two in particular. One of them, I want to go back to, and this is one that I don't think anybody's really talking about. So A&M gets the ball back with no timeouts in that game, late in the game. But before that, on the play before that, they are, or, or, or a couple couple plays before that, or a couple drives before that, they are driving down the field, and A&M, I believe, has something along the lines of like fourth and two. Fourth and two. And they decide, they decide to kick a field goal. But not until after they call a timeout. And I'm like, why are we... What are we doing here? Like, let's let's manage the clock here. You're gonna need these timeouts to make a to make a comeback here. Mm-hmm. Like that pulled it within 24-17, But like, that timeout could be pretty useful, right? Like to me, you're either gonna go for it on fourth and two or you're not. That's just it, right? Go for it or not. So that's one of them. And then there's that last play. There's the last play. Now there's been a lot made of that. And Mike Craven disagrees with me, and that's okay. People can have different opinions. In a situation like that, I think you're thinking players, not plays. I think you're thinking, who do I want to get the ball to? And to me, as good as Evan Stewart has been, it takes two to tango. Evan Stewart's been your best player, but at the same time, you're asking a battered and now perhaps injured Mm -hmm. Haynes King to make a throw. What I don't like about that play call is the limited options you have. I was going to say, there was no one in the fatty part of the end There's zone. No pa- it was all outside it's a one, it's a against one route Alabama. Pattern. It's a one-route pattern. You were going for that corner route. There there was a curl gonna, up into the corner, and there was no You were going to ride or die with that. Mm-hmm. You were going to ride or die with that. And there's no margin for error. The timing has to be perfect. The route has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. The throw has to be perfect. And All Haynes, of them. Like, and you could tell and, that because Haynes never really scanned anything else. And one of my one of I mean, one of my one of my issues with the Jimbo Fisher offense is that when it's running and when you've changed the spark plugs and you've got the tires rotated and everything, it hums, mm-hmm. looking great. But if one thing goes wrong, suddenly the whole thing's broken, mm-hmm. and that's what you're kind of seeing right now. Um, now, it's not a great throw from Haynes King. The timing's off, right? It's a pretty good route from Evan Stewart, although it's good coverage from the, the, the Bama defense back. Mm-hmm. I want to know why Devon A-Chain, who is your most elusive player, is in pass protection on a play that should take a second and a half. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get to you in the second and a half. No. He, flare him out. Give him a second option. But that was a one-route pattern, and it makes me so mad. Especially because wasn't he on p- pass protection on the complete opposite side of the field? Like, didn't he go up? I need to. I need. I guess I need to watch it again. He's standing basically right next, like in front of Haynes King. Haynes King. When yeah. he throws it. Like I understand you don't like. I understand Do that the offensive for line. I understand the offensive run. line is is battered. Bryce Foster's gone out in this game. I understand that. I understand the offensive line's been getting killed by Will Anderson, mm-hmm. as most offensive lines will do this year because he's awesome. I I don't like the play call. I think about getting the ball to a chain because mm-hmm. I think play, players that plays. I think about at least running maybe like a rub route. Give dare, someone a second dare, option. Dare the official to throw an offensive pass interference mm-hmm. call. Like dare him, run a rub route. That's a two-point conversion. You should have 15 of those plays. Mm-hmm. I think about running it. Yep. I think about running an RPO. 
anyway, I was. Uh, well, and I that think was that, it was frustrating for me. It's frustrating, and I know it was frustrating for Aggies too. Well, yeah. and it was frustrating because, like you mentioned earlier, you didn't want to dumb down how well A and M played by saying, "Hey, they," no. you know, there was turnovers. They the kicker was just off type of stuff. But if you're going to beat the number one team in the nation on their home turf and stuff like that is being handed to you, you have to go out there and win the ball you, game. You had a you had a chance. You had a chance at the big upset and there were little things that cost you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those little things unfortunately can be drawn back to the head coach. Number one Duggan. Pressure coming. He saw it. He releases into the end zone. Johnston with a flag coming in. It's a touchdown. Touchdown TCU. There's a flag at the play. That man is extraordinary. That defense number two. A penalty is declined. Touchdown. That foot was down. That first foot was down when his massive pits armed arms hands are wrapped around the ball. Duggan to Johnston pushes perfect frogs past Kansas. Excellent uniforms by TCU that game, by the way. And terrible uniforms from Kansas. Yes. They're not red. No. <laughs> you're also biased. <laughs> if there's one team you're biased with, it's the Jayhawks. That is a ridiculous star-making play from Quentin Johnston Mm -hmm. in a ridiculous star-making game from Quentin Johnston. He was the best player on the field, and it wasn't close. He was the best player on the field when Jalen Daniels wasn't hurt. He was the best player on the field. That is a Sunday player. That is a first-round receiver. That is nuts what he was doing. And I know TCU's been waiting for that breakout. They know it's there. Like he's a he like like they've been waiting for him to have that big moment, that big game. And it showed up when they needed it most in a big win over Kansas, which is weird to say. <laughs> but Max Duggan continues. Ish said it on Republic of Football, so I'll just I'll just repeat it. Okay. Max Duggan going to New York? Yeah. I mean who who are the who are the who are the definitely like he is the they're five they're undefeated and he has been excellent. I'm just saying, don't make me say the H word. That would be great. Okay, here beat Oklahoma State. Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no. Beat Oklahoma State this weekend, and I'll 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 have the conversation. Let's be clear about this. Like, Max Duggan has been spectacular this year. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. And it's because they finally put pieces around him to make him not have to do too much. Because he can make throws like that. They were just asking him to do everything. Kendra Miller was great. Kendra Miller was great. The receiving core was really good, especially Johnston. This was a... And so now TCU is undefeated. Tougher tests ahead, mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, they've they, got a rough schedule coming up. But they are, and, and now they may have, right now, what may be a preview of the Big 12 title game mm-hmm. against Oklahoma State, but a massive win for the Frogs to remain unbeaten and an unbelievable performance from Quentin Johnston. That, your b- biggest college football moment of the weekend. 
We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle? Can I tell you about our friends at First National Bank of Omaha? Absolutely. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support the communities they serve by spo- every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we are proud to re- recognize uh, Vance Feuerbacher from Plano West High School. Read more about what makes Vance a great leader at TexasFootball.com. First National Bank of Omaha, the great big small bank. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's welcome in, as we always do, every Tuesday. Tuesdays. Football today. The Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, you know him as the voice of the Texas Longhorns. You hear him on the horn in Austin every uh, weekday on Light the Tower. And you hear him on and see him on High School Scoreboard Live Friday nights on Bally Sports Southwest alongside Aaron Hardigan. Myself, we're joined by the great Craig Way. Craig, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we usually don't ask you Texas questions uh, here, but uh, but I, I do have to ask you. Uh, so uh, So Saturday was pretty fun, huh? Oh, no. Oh, Craig. Craig. We're going to cold call him here. We're going to cold call him. We're just going to do it on the air. I was going to say, you're going to hear it. This he's a professional. This he knows. Great. Or he's just going to yell at him. I'm Okay. He's on the air now. We're joined by Craig White. He had too much fun with the he, he, was, he was having dog. too much fun. <laughs> Craig, Saturday was pretty fun, right? Uh, <laughs> it didn't suck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Did you get a corn dog? Do you eat corn? Do you eat a corn dog when you go to the? Yeah, I, th- I saw a picture. I do. Okay, I do. I do. And and more's the point. I decided because of my uh, of my decided sweet tooth, and and really and truly, I have nobody but Steve Sarkeesian to blame for this. Because on his coach's show last week, Sark and I were talking about a lot of the state fared fried foods and all that. Yeah. Sark has a huge sweet tooth. He's not so much. I was reading different pulled pork uh, items and stuff like that, and he wasn't so much for that. But then when I started getting down to things like the dough muff, which was the cross between the donut and the muffin, and uh, the chocolate this, and the and the hand dip that, and the mini donut stuff, he was like, "Sign me up. I'm in for all of those. I like all of those." And so I mentioned the peanut butter paradise to him, and he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "That sounds good too." And I said, "If 
things go well on Saturday and mm. and you get a win and all that, would you allow someone to bring you one of those deals to eat on the bus? And he said, absolutely. So we get to the fairgrounds on Saturday morning. And I dispatched my son, Andy, to go to run off to the concession stand because the reward for him is, is that, you know, I just go get this, you know, uh, swipe the card and get this, you know, chock full of tickets. And then he gets whatever he wants, you know. So I had him bring me a peanut butter paradise. And it was pretty good. I mean, it, it did kind of taste like somebody took a funnel cake or something and put all kinds of Reese's Pieces and Reese's peanut butter cups and the other stuff and then stuck it in a microwave for 25 <laughs> seconds. But it was still good. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I ate some of that. Then after the game, I got a corn dog because I always get a corn dog after the game. And then I asked Sark in the post game if he was going to get that. He said, yes, we've earned it today. <laughs> so somebody went and got him something like that. So he really liked it. I'll say. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all right. On to more pressing matters. That is, buddy, it's a huge week for high school football in your neck of the woods. I I can't remember a week in the specifically in the Austin area that's quite like this. Um, is there one or two games down there in the capital city that have really got you jazzed up? Yeah, I think so. And 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 even the undercard games, mm-hmm. so to speak, of uh, say. Leander Glenn trying to figure out they're for real, having to go to College Station and play. You know, that's kind of important. Granger at home against Bremont. That's a big one. Uh, but but the, the, the three, the, the, there's really four heavyweight 6A games that come to matter. In 26-6A, Buta Johnson's playing Thursday night against Bowie. Mm-hmm. And that could go a long way toward determining what would be what we expect to be the fourth and final playoff spot out of that. Because if you're going Westlake and then either Lake Travis or Dripping Springs, however, you know, all that goes, uh, there's that. And, and, of course, then you've got Westlake at Drip on Friday night. And then, of course, in 25-6A, which I think you put in really the best terms, just absolutely fascinating, mm-hmm. the machinations that can run off of that. Because you got Vandegrift and Round Rock, who have been meeting for the last three years for uh, the de facto district title. But it hasn't really meant that much other than a, a gold ball for the trophy case because Round Rock's always gone Division One and Bandy has always gone Division Two. Well, that could very well change depending on what happens in the uh, other games, most notably Vista Ridge at Stony Point. If Vista Ridge were to win that game, and right now the Rangers are 3-0, and and of course their schedule is really back-loaded, really heavy-loaded. They've got – they closed with Maynard, Vandegrift, and Round Rock. But if they win that game on Friday, then they have wins over everybody else in the district other than those three. So it pretty much puts them in position to be a playoff team, and that would send them in as Division Two. If Maynard gets in, they too would be Division Two. Then that Round Rock-Vandegrift game takes on even more meaning because they would both be going Division One, and so the winner would likely meet Blake Travis, and the loser would have to deal with Westlake in my mm-hmm. district. And, and even the winner, it's it's no guarantee, obviously. So Vandegrift obviously is, uh, you know, they they'd like to see Stony be able to get in, and that's not the only 
path in Avenue because you got Cedar Ridge playing at Maynard. And Cedar Ridge has had a couple of big second halves the last two weeks in winning. Maynard's dropped its last two. So if Cedar Ridge were to continue its role and find a way to beat Maynard and then Maynard, say, fall to Vista Ridge and they fall out of it, then you're talking about Vandegrip being right back in Division Two. So there's a lot of fascinating elements that can turn this week and next week out of 25-6A. Talking to Craig Wade of Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football. Today, you can involve the conversation at hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, our, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings came out yesterday, and uh, there are some, there are some, I would say, re-emerging teams that have re-entered the rankings or are on the cusp of re-entering the rankings. Uh, and I want to take your temperature on them, specifically uh, two teams that are in the rankings right now. South Oak Cliff has moved back into the 5A Division II rankings. Brock has moved back into the 3A Division One rankings, albeit down at number 10 for both those teams. And Lovejoy, which has two losses on the year, uh, has not yet emerged in the 5A Division Two. I can tell you as somebody who, who helps with that, that they are more or less on deck. Where do you stand as far as the time elapsing and time, you know, getting farther away from what were what was a rough start for some of these uh, these these preseason favorites, where do you stand as far as letting them kind of reemerge back into the rankings? Well, some of the ones that have pedigrees have to have some time to do that. I, I don't think there's a doubt about that. I made the comment even before you came on the show this morning when I was going through your rankings. I said, "Here's South Oak Cliff, back in the top ten. Oh, by the way." The Golden Bears are above 500 for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. So, so, so here they are above the 500 market, four and three. So maybe right now, Jason Todd's team is just really starting to really get its footing, and maybe they wind up being the dangerous team everybody figured all along they would be. But it's taken some time with that, and I think the same holds for Brock. I think there are several teams that fall into that category that needed some extra time and a lot of that comes down to how the coaches are dealing with the kids and a lot of it comes down to injuries Mm -hmm. as well you know we were just talking about 25 6a i mean there there are teams like cedar ridge and stony point that have had uh, massive injuries just really go through their ball clubs including stony point losing two quarterbacks during the year and and we may see that happen with south lake carroll by the way with caden anderson's injury so Mm -hmm. that you know that's those are the things we start to watch who gets back from injury and as the coaching kicked in with that group coming off whether it was good or bad what the season was the year before and do they have that forward momentum going on right now and I think that's the case with some of those teams finally Craig it's the meanest thing I do to you every week which is um, I'm going to give you three games I'm going to allow you to teleport to one of them. And as an added bonus here, an added flavor, I'm going to avoid the Austin area because it is a great week, as you mentioned. Trip in Westlake, yes. uh, you know, around Rock Vandegrift, great week in Austin area. I'm going to avoid there. You got, you can go to Burleson to watch Alito take on suddenly district favorite Burleson Centennial. I guess we'll find out. You can go to that game. You can go... Uh, you can go. It's cheating a little bit. It's, it's it's greater, greater, greater Austin. But Hitchcock takes on Columbus in a battle of unbeaten's in three A. Or you can go to Bellmead, as I said on Tep and Step yesterday, the spiritual home of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, you can watch China Spring play Waco La Vega in a district opener. Which of those three are you hopping in the teleporter for? 
Well, first things first, from a boundary perspective, I think once you get on <laughs> east past LaGrange on 71, you've officially left the greater Austin area. Call him out. LaGrange. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. We we got to put him somewhere. I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it, they're kind of in that little bit of uh, no man's yeah. land a little bit, so to speak, of the Cardinals. Um, but I, I, I think I would lean really toward uh, that matchup in Burleson because mm-hmm. – I want to see how for real they are. I know you feel that they are for real, and you think they've got a good chance to take out Alito. Mm-hmm. Well, they've already knocked off Ryan. Can they do it again? That's that's another one of the they, – they're facing back-to-back prove-it-to-be games. Well, they've proven it once. Mm-hmm. Can they prove it again? And so that that's the one that I would go with. He's Craig Way. He's a Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. You can hear him on the Horn in Austin every weekday on Light the Tower with Jeff Howe. You can also see him on High School Scoreboard Live on Friday nights on Valley Sports Southwest alongside Aaron Hardigan and myself. Uh, Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday. Listen, I'm in Austin, so I've officially left the Dallas Forward Metroplex, except on Friday when I go up there to do the show. Sure. You and Pickle, you still have plenty of time to get over to the fairgrounds and get you some of that fried food. This is not a false statement. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Attack but, it. Yeah, but Pickle's going to make me buy the tickets, though. Well, yeah. That's the deal, right, Craig? Bye, as Craig. Atlanta's unbeaten. Let's oh, go. No, no bye, Let's Craig. Go. Bye, Craig. There he goes. Craig Way, <laughs> Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday on Texas Football Today. My guy. Always, always trying to. Always we trying always to. Always do business. Uh, he's always trying oh. to. He's always trying to just. Goose you up. You know what I mean? This, uh, again, my guy. <laughs> anyway, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Also on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff uh, nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and the fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 7 yes. Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees Wolford Friendship Offensive Coordinator Caleb Holt. Hudson Hutchison threw for a school record six touchdowns and three different receivers topped the 100-yard mark in a 49-34 win over Midland Legacy. Marion Defensive Coordinator Tim Tesh. The Bulldogs stifled Blanco in a 48-6 upset win, holding the Panthers to just 117 total yards and forcing three turnovers, including an interception return for a touchdown. Corpus Christi Miller defensive coordinator Eric John. The Bucks defense continues its toward pace, pitching its first shutout since the season opener last year in a 49-0 romp over Corpus Christi King. And finally, West Columbia offense coordinator Buddy Harden, paced by 100-plus rushing yards and two touchdowns each from Nequalen Grice and Trevon Lewis. The Roughnecks exploded for 473 yards, including 397 on the ground in a 66-30 win over Wharton. So those are your Week 7 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle, we've scoured the internet We've scoured the state. We've scoured, some would say, the world <laughs> to find the 10 biggest plays of the Week 7 of the Texas High School football season. We compile them all together into the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. Here are the Week 7 Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. Out of the gun. Or on the 
off to Harrison. Harrison spins out of a tackle. Vernon Harrison still going, trucking his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Dayton. Neal back in at quarterback. Quick throw left side and an open man. Some running room cuts into the middle of the field. Chevy Peters with another touchdown. The last play, see if he gets a playoff, they do, and snap runs with the football straight ahead. Gase breaks out of the pile and he's gone. Touchdown, Sean Snap. What a play. He was hit at the line of scrimmage. It's third and nine. Puts him back on the field. Lines come flying in. It's a free play. They throw it to Hudson in the end zone again. And this time, Hudson is going to be into the end zone for the touchdown. What a grab from Micah Hudson. Rutherford. I don't know what happened there. He's going to go up top for Salvarino, who makes the catch. And he's gone. Touchdown, Cinco Ranch. There are no flags. Left in the first half. And that kick's going to be low and bounces into the hands. Oh, loses it, but he's going to pick it right back up. And he's going to bounce out to the left side. Absolutely no one there. Dylan Lawless, one man to beat. He'll beat him to the house. Touchdown, kick return. Oh, my. So it's incomplete if he bobbles it or drops it. Quick pass. Oh, wide open is a receiver over there. Caught the defense by surprise. That's Pierce Richards again and jukes the defender. Third touchdown for Pierce Richards. Looking for the drop back pass to Hudson. Had to hesitate a minute. Now finds him. And Hudson has the far sideline. Now cuts into the middle of the field. And it's off to the races. They won't catch him. Micah Hudson. Touchdown. Lake Belton. Now reversing field. Here goes Zacchaeus Baines. Gets the block. Baines into the open field. Baines to the 30. Baines cutting his way. Baines might score. He will score. How about this for a response for the Bobcats? There it is. Your week seven, Dave Campbell's Texan Live top 10 plays of the week presented by your friends at Body Armor. Go to TexanLive.com to watch so much. <laughs> just so much stuff. <laughs> we do have water polo. If you're interested in on playoff, Live? yeah, um, playoff water polo. Uh, we had Let's some yesterday. Go. We have some again tonight. Let's go. Like six games tonight. I so think. So if you're a water polo fan, we also have a bunch of football games too. So yeah, but not tonight. We don't. So tune in and watch. Lock water in polo. for some water polo. Anyway, all right, pickle. One last thing to do today. Let's talk about the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week. DCTF uh, is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with a Coach of the Week award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 7 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week 
in 6A, Charles Brown from Houston, Sam Houston. Coach Brown's Tigers are defying expectations in 2022 with their 4-2 and two start. Already the program's most wins in a single season since 2001. On Friday night, they won the first district game since 2003 with a 13-12 win over Houston Chavez, snapping a 99-game district losing streak. Congratulations to those Tigers and Coach Charles Brown. And 5A, Kent Laster from Waco U. Uh, you. Coach Laster has South Waco buzzing as the Trojans improved to 3-3 three and three on the season with a convincing 53-28 win over Pflugerville, moving them to 2-0 in district play and puts Waco U right in the middle of a playoff hunt. In 4A, Grant Freeman from Wichita Falls. Freeman, who battled through a major health scare this offseason, has been the model of perseverance this season on and off the field. And he, and the, he has the Coyotes playing great football as Old High improved to 4-3 and three on the year and 1-0 and in district play with a convincing 42-18 win over Mineral Wells. In 3A, Will Cates from Merkel. After a tough 1-4 start in non-district, most didn't give uh, K- uh, Coach Gates' Badgers much of a chance of against defending district champion Dublin to open district play on Friday night. But the Badgers ignored the naysayers and put together a stunning performance with an impressive 51-25 upset win over the Lions. In 2A, Jeremy Mullins from Toller. In a district showdown of state-ranked powers, Coach Mullins' Rattlers defense uh, made the the statement in a 16-6 win over Coleman to put the Rattlers at 6-0 on the season and in the driver's seat for the district championship. In 1A, Edward Avilas from Morgan. Coach Avilas' Eagles powered through adversity in a wild 107-82 win over Iredell to secure their final non-district in their final non-district tune-up, moving to 4-3 on the year and surpassing their win total from 2021. And the private school ranks Andres Garcia from Corpus Christi, Annapolis. The Warriors moved to 6-0 on the season, topping last year's 5-win campaign with a dominant 48-0 win over San Antonio Lee Academy, the second consecutive shutout for Coach Garcia's squad. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week for Week 7. Congratulations to all the coaches and thank you for what you do for your players, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, this goes back to the pre-show, so if you're listening to the podcast version, you might be slightly confused, but I'm there are... Uh, no, there are a lot of comments saying that Texas has better Mexican food than Mexico, and what I'll say to that is, I think you're in your right to say that Texas has better Tex-Mex than Mexico. I don't think you're in your right to say that Texas has better Mexican food than Mexico. Like, the... Ultimately, I put those as different categories yes. in my brain. That's I think I mean. that the, I don't even think like it's willing to be debated just because I legitimately think that it's two completely different categories of food. Tex-Mex and Mexican food are different things. Yeah. They use a lot of the same ingredients, but yes. they're totally and different and things. there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, but, but ultimately they're different. they're different. They're different. And we're not... Just, just wanted to make that uh, yeah. clear yeah. real fast. Right. <laughs> exactly. Very different things. Yes. We can like both, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to the Hall of Famer, Craig Way, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please win your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.